0: CHAPTER 15 OF OSCAR WILDE THE STORY OF AN UNHAPPY FRIENDSHIP BY ROBERT SHERARD This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. I had looked forward to the spring of that year for a visit to London under very different circumstances, for a time of real happiness. For Alphonse Daudet, who had admitted me to his friendship, had long previously invited me to accompany him and his family on their first visit to England a journey he said which i must make before i pass my musket to my left shoulder i could fancy for myself no more delightful holiday than one spent in such company were it only to receive at first hand the impressions which my native town and my countrymen might make on an observer so shrewd from the moment of landing but it was not to be in the turmoil of my trouble i had altogether forgotten what had been arranged between us i had not even written to my friend when i left paris and it was only by the announcement of his arrival in town in the papers that i was recalled to the remembrance of the pleasures anticipated on reading this announcement my first impulse was to avoid his presence for strongly attached to him as i was not only by his unvarying kindness to me but also by his flattering appreciation of my work I was more attached still to the friend of my youth, and felt strong resentment against those who could not sympathize with him in his awful fall. Now I knew that in Dorday I should find no sympathy at all. He had expressed himself very strongly to me on the subject of the accusation against Wilde, and one of the things which, I remember, he repeated to me was, "'You see, Sherard, you are not a father. If you were, you would share my horror and indignation.' And then he was offered me the choice between the rising and the setting sun, between London's lion and the scapegoat of England, and my faith, my nature, prompted me to prefer ord and shard to wreaths and incense. It was Oscar Wilde himself who urged me to go to Dover Street, and one day, that he had gone out with a friend, I followed his advice. I am afraid that I did not contribute to Dorday's enjoyment of his visit to London i had the fixed idea of my friend's disaster ever in my mind i was restless when away from oakley street and at all times reproached myself when the joy of that bright assembly in brown's hotel overlapped the sombre melancholy of my sympathising soul there with a glad alphonse d'ordet filling the grey atmosphere of a london room with ripples of southern sunshine his beautiful wife and the fairy daughter Edme, de Goncourt's godchild, the handsome sons, George Hugo, with his exquisite wife, a bright, elegant triumph crowd, moving in a frame of luxury amidst the homages of the elect of London. The rooms overflowed with floral tributes, the great names of England rang out in the corridors. All here was pleasure and satisfaction and success. I met here for the first time many of the foremost writers in London, to whom I was presented by Alphonse Daudet, in terms which illuminated my obscurity. I was included, as his friend, in many invitations which would have opened the best houses in London to me. The ball was at my feet. Yes, the ball was at my feet, but it was a ball chained to my ankle—such a ball as unhappy men used to drag after them in the bagneaux of Brest and Toulon and my bagnot was the poor home in oakley street i was never happy when i was away from it and i know that i took more pleasure in fetching and carrying for my poor friend's needs than in parading piccadilly on mundane errands with the elegant courtiers of the man who was just then the talk of london i had been unjust to daudet he did sympathize and deeply not only with me in my distress but in the awful case of oscar wilde When we were alone together in his room in the hotel, I pacing the room feverishly, with the ill-disguised longing to hurry away, he, sitting on the sofa, both with cigarettes lighted, his beautiful face used to light up under the grey shadow of his constant pain, and, now, my son, he would say, speak to me of your friend. Ah, then the time seemed to drag no longer yet he always reverted to the fact that I had no comprehension of the evil, and this I admitted, and I once told him that the very wickedest man in the world, in conversation with me, had displayed the same ignorance of horrors with which the smallest elf of the London gutter seemed to be familiar. He was deeply interested in my accounts of my friend's moral state from day to day, and once, I remember, he expressed great satisfaction at something that Oscar Wilde had said what it was i forget but a day or two later when i had recorded some flippancy he burst out angrily oh voila the other day when disaster was imminent he aroused himself now that he thinks he has weathered the rocks he becomes un once more i longed to bring the two together but i did not dare to suggest it to daudet because the only possible place for the meeting would have been daudet's rooms he was too ill to go out and could not have borne the fatigue of a drive to chelsea and he would never have consented to receive wilde where his children might have met him had he been able to go to chelsea i think i could have prevailed on him to come and bring to the stricken soul the sunny comfort of his words alphonse Dorday was a worldly man but his knowledge of the world united to the great tenderness of his large heart made him as a father confessor to those in stress of circumstance, or of conscience. I used to speak of him in Oakley Street at first, but I soon saw that it distressed my friend. Perhaps it suggested to him what part he would have played under other circumstances in the social reception of the great French novelist. Perhaps it reminded him of the things in which he had once rejoiced, and which now were dead to him. I have said that Daudet pitied my distress, and this is the proof he gave me of this. One day he said to me, I cannot go out much with the others, and you, my friend, seem to be losing your taste for work. Let us do a book together. A collaboration with Alphonse Dorday?" I cried. Yes, in a way it will be a collaboration, he said. I will tell you a story of my youth, and you will take notes. And you will ask me questions, and the book will be a kind of a roman interview, something quite novel. We will divide whatever it brings, as I did with Leroux, with the book we wrote together, and later on I will write it over again for myself in French. At any other time, such an offer, coming from such a man, would have filled me with joy and pride. Coming then, it came when I felt that nothing could console me. However, I accepted it with expressions of gratitude. When I mentioned the suggestion that Dorday had made to me, in Oakley Street that night, Wilde exclaimed, What a discontented fellow you are, Robert! A high honour has been done to you, and you speak of it almost with regret. And I, Yes, Oscar, if things were all right with you, this would have made me happier than anything that has happened to me in my career. But as it is. Daudet and I began the book, My First Voyage, My First Lie, the next day i wish that i still possessed the manuscript of that first day's work it was in the shape of notes on the hotel paper and it would recall to me to-day my state of mind at the time i had no pleasure in it it barely diverted my thoughts the notes were like those hieroglyphics which a man distraught pencils with an unconscious brain my altar was elsewhere yet when many months later i came to write the book every detail of the sitting every word that Dorday had said indeed almost his every gesture unperceived at the time came vividly back to me End of chapter fifteen